0: Convicted and Convinced. A message from God's word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Girard.
1: We're continuing the series focusing on the resurrection season as we look at life out of death. Would you bow your hearts together with me in prayer? Father, we thank you. For the wonderful privilege of being in this place today and for all that you have prepared for us to experience through your Word and your sweet Holy Spirit. As we open your Word now, I offer myself as a vessel of fresh and new into your hands at this very moment. Please cleanse me with the washing of the blood of your dear Son. Please note with the power of your sweet Holy Spirit so that the words of my mouth, and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, so that your purpose, your design purpose, might be accomplished for each of us as individuals, as families, and as a church collective. Because as I pray, and praises for victories I give in Christ's name, amen. The book of Exodus records that after going to the land of Egypt Israel fell prey to the harsh hand of Egyptian domination. But even in the painful environment of slavery, God blessed the offspring of Abraham, and the Bible records that Israel multiplied so that the land was filled with them. Upon surveying the situation, the king over Egypt devise what he thought was a wise plan. Israel was afflicted with heavy burdens by the taskmasters, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. We read in Exodus chapter 1 verse 14 that the Egyptians made the lives of the Israelites bitter with hard bondage and mortar. And in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service, wherein they made them serve, was with rigor. That word bitter that is used in this verse literally means that the Israelites became weary of life itself. They came to the very threshold of giving up. And yet, Even under such hard and harsh circumstances, Israel continued to bring forth life. Pharaoh became very frustrated, and so he issued another of his supposed wise plans. We read this in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, every son that is born... You shall cast into the river, speaking of the sons of Israel, and every daughter ye shall save alive. With this prospect lingering over every marriage, how many of us would run the risk of giving birth to a male child, of bringing forth a new life that might be cast into the river of death? How many of us? However, God had a wise plan, and God's wise plan was set in motion. The Bible tells us that Amram and Jacobed of the tribe of Levi brought forth a son. And the Bible records that this son was a goodly child. He must have been good. Because his mother was able to hide him for three months. Now, I am convicted and I am convinced that children have always been children. And one of the first things that our two children did was to cry and make sounds. But there was something unique, there was something special about this child, because With the Egyptian soldiers marching daily in front of that small house, ever on the alert for fresh birth cries so that they might turn it into death, it was just the hand of God himself was rocking the cradle of that small boy. It was as if God himself was soothing his heart in such a way that quiet smiles constantly beamed from his countenance. But there came a time when Jacobed, the mother, could no longer hide him. And so, with great love, she made an ark from the tall, strong bulrushes. She did not know it, but for years, she had been enrolled in what I call God's trade school, she had no idea of what God was preparing her for. Day after day, Jochebed had marched and gone to the slime pits where her hands had mixed the Maori substance. And now, those hands that had been trained by God were moved by God's Holy Spirit to do what she knew best. She coated that ark. With slime and pitch. She did so to ensure that the water would be kept out as long as possible. My brothers and sisters, never doubt God, because God is the answer to every why we might be perplexed with. And you and I can always be assured that whether we understand it or not, We can claim in assurance, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Let me ask you a question. In your mind and in your heart, where would be the least likely place the adversary would look for a live male child? You see, God knows what He's doing. The most unlikely place that one would look for a live male child would be in the river of death. And that is exactly where God impressed that mother to place her son. The ark that contained the baby rested among the tall reeds. Until Pharaoh's daughter came to the riverbank and saw it, she then issued a command that it be brought to land. I read Exodus 2 in verse 6, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and notice this next phrase, and behold, the babe wept. I love this verse. It was as if all of those tears had been held back for three months. And now, just at the right moment, God pulled the stopper. And a stream of tears began to flow down those pink, rosy cheeks. Exodus chapter 2, verses 6 and 10 records... That when Pharaoh's daughter saw those tears, she had compassion on him and called his name Moses. Moses, it means the drawn out one because he was drawn out of the water. And so in the face of death itself, God's Spirit moved upon that situation and life came forth out of death. Life for Moses and life for Israel as Moses was called to lead Israel out of the death grip of slavery. Fast forward to a little over 2,000 years ago, and I want you to behold a lonely figure as he's walking outside the gate of Jerusalem. The burden upon his shoulders was heavy, as he not only carried a a crossbar, but he carried the weight and sins of the world to a place called Golgotha, hands which had lifted the depressed to the heights of renewed glory. Feet that had walked in the light of of God's will, a brow that had only fought on salvation's drama, a side that had couched a heart of love. They all bore the mark that death was on the way, and the old serpent He must have given orders for his demons to rejoice as he began to feast on the heel of the seed of woman. But on the third day, at the breaking of the dawn, the heel of the Savior began to move by the power of God's Holy Spirit. His movement was precise. As he began to ground into the head of him whose name is Satan. And on that glorious resurrection day, the stone at the mouth of that tomb was rolled aside. And the risen Savior walked into the light of a new day. And I want you to listen with thanksgiving as he reverberated with a voice so rich and sure, a voice that still reverberates today. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Put your name at the beginning of this verse, as I'm going to do. Danny Gerard, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. (laughs) Life came forth out of death. Life for Jesus, and life for anyone who places faith in the death and resurrection of the Son of God." How wonderfully the songwriter expressed it with these words. Because he lives, I, Danny Gerard, can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, and life is worth the living. Just because He lives. Each year, a different date is observed as Resurrection Sunday. This year, we are celebrating tomorrow, April the 21st, the third Sunday of this month. Last year, it was April the 1st, the first Sunday of that month. The year before that, it was April the 16th, the third Sunday of that year. The year before that, it was March the 27th, the fourth Sunday of that month. And yet, despite the change from year to year for the purpose of observing Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of Christ is concrete It is the foundational pillar of Christianity, and you and I today can reverberate because He lives. We are assured of life, and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that because He lives, life comes forth out of death. I know not. If I will be alive when Jesus returns. But this I do know if I die before He returns, and I die with a relationship with Him in my mind and in my heart, when the trump of God sounds, I'm going to arise with all of the others who have died in Christ. And together we're going to look up, and we are going to proclaim, lo, this is our God. We have waited for Him, and He's going to transport us to a place where there will be no more death. Life eternal and everlasting will be yours and mine. Father, we thank you for Jesus.
0: Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 930 The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org, or at live stream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.